Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Matthew chapter 13, verses 53 to 58. It's really a simple message, but how many times, how many know sometimes you need to hear something that's clear more than something that's creative? Amen? Or something that's clear more than something that's complicated. It's a real simple message today, but I pray that it's, it's really um, powerful in your life. And it says, when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country, verse 54, and he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. Everybody say his hometown. And when he taught there in a synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And when uh, and I lost my place here. <laughs> He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brother, and James and Joseph, and Simon and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? Verse 57. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And then Jesus told them. A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown. A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And verse 58 kind of troubles me because I think it's one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible. And verse 58 says, And so he did only a few miracles there because of what? Because of their unbelief. So the saddest scriptures in the Bible is verse 58. And so he did only a, and so, that is a, a purpose statement. So, and so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown. Can we read one more scripture? Romans chapter 12. I'm going to put all this together for you guys. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. It says, love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other take delight in honoring each other amen can we bow our heads for a, for a few moments and just just ask god for the next few seconds not not to um, take part in a routine or kind of see the sequences of service but we can just enjoy his voice in our life for the next few moments. So God, we, 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 we seek you right now, God. We seek you to speak to us in a way that will transform our hearts. Lord, because it constantly is in need of redirection. So we thank you, God. And we just ask you to speak particularly to what we need to hear today. That the message that we hear today will be much more than information, but it will be heart transformation taking place. In Jesus' name we pray, and God's people say, Amen and Amen. Um, man, have you ever had black coffee no sugar? Yes. yes. Tastes horrible, but I need it. It's like medicine. It's wrong so, uh, I love hearing how uh, people were raised. They were, you know, the homes that they were raised in. I, 
I actually love hearing my wife's story and how she was raised. She was in different um, homes at a time, uh, from up until the time she was eight, she became fully adopted. Am I right? Fully adopted at eight years old. So I love hearing how people were raised. And, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the times that we, you're, the way you're raised, you, you really embrace as normal. And then you become an adult. And then you realize it wasn't so normal. You know what I mean? You're like, you thought it was normal. And so, like, I, I see kids these day and, this day and age, and for me, I'm just like, it's not fair. Because the only drug issue that I ever had was being drugged to church every Sunday. You know what I mean? And, um, and I was raised that, I know this is foreign to a lot of children, not in this church, but in the world, right? You weren't allowed to cuss. You know what I'm talking about? When I was raised, there was something called, can I introduce you to this? It was something called pique. You know, and if, and if you said a cuss, like to this day, like I didn't like hot sauce until I was about 29 years old because I was so traumatized from the experiences that I ever had. You know, because el pique was no joke. And I'm taking it out on you right now, Mom. I'm just saying. I remember one time, my mom, my mom was, was fixing a, uh, a lamp, right? And it was a fan. And I remember I said the S-H word, okay? And yes. And my mom heard it. And she grabbed and beat it. And I was like, no, mom, I said ship. I said ship. And she was like, no, I know what you said. And it was like she saw a demon in me. Because she grabbed the hot sauce and just put it all over her hands. And then she smacked me with it and rubbed it all over my mouth. And I was undoubtedly a traumatized child. You know what I mean? Like I was just raised in this interesting home. Like we didn't believe in timeout. We believed in knockout. You ever heard of that? Hallelujah, holla back. Right? Because it was just the way we were raised. That was normal. Like when we found out that kids were allowed to curse in their house. Are you kidding me? You ever heard of the phrase, no mom, not in my house? Like you, you, you hear children these days trying to create philosophical arguments. In my home, it was, this is why you do this. Why? Because we said so. Amen. Amen. Any parents know what I'm talking about? Because we said so. Like in my home, like we were forced to do a lot of things. And one of the things, like I don't have too many memories, uh, uh, good memories of my dad, but one of the memories that I do have, it's not the best memory, but my father would actually force us to pray. Like he would force us, like he would, like he would get us on our knees. And if we didn't pray at the volume that he wanted, any traumatized Pentecostal kids in the house, I'm all by myself. Um, <laughs> why did Zach raise his hand? Um, maybe he can pray for you. <laughs> Um, and and uh, I remember that he, he sat us around the table, right? And he opens up his Bible, right? And he starts reading Ephesians chapter 6, right? And I remember this because not only were we not, uh, not only did we have to speak, uh, not, only, not only did we have to pray and read the Bible forcefully, but we also had to learn how to speak Spanish. And if we spoke English in this house, guess what? We got a smack in the mouth. I'm not lying. This is the truth. This is why I'm traumatized. You see how emotionally unstable I am? That's why, okay? And so I get, I, we would get smacked in the mouth if we spoke English. 
You know why I stutter sometimes? Because I used to get smacked in the mouth while I would speak English. And I, you know, you know I mix words sometimes. If you, if, you, if you speak two languages, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is why we have Spanglish. Amen. All right? You just, like, I don't even know what a broom is. I learned what a broom was at age 30. Yeah. All my life, it was Escoba. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> and so my father, we would sit, we sat at the table, and we had to read Ephesians chapter 6 in Spanish. So, we were just learning how to read English. And now we have to learn how to read Spanish, right? So we like reading Spanish in a real broken English accent. It was horrible. It was the worst. But God was being glorified. Amen. And, uh, and I remember my father, right? He's reading Ephesians chapter uh, 6. And in Ephesians chapter 6, it starts like this. Children, obey your parents, right? So this is the scripture. It's like, children, obey. So I'm reading this out loud, right? And so we were taking turns to read. And I read, children, obey your parents. And then we go to the next verse. And, and it says, honor your father and your mother. And, my, and, and, and I remember the very next verse. I learned. I knew how to read this one. Okay? I don't care if it was fast. And it was this. Parents, don't stir up your children to anger. And I was like, Holy Spirit, I believe in you today. <laughs> right? So I remember I'm there, and my father skips the verse. <laughs> this is the guy that was reading the Bible to us. He goes, obey your parents, honor your father and your mother, because this is a, a, a promise, is a first commandment with promise unto God. And then he goes, and parents, don't stir up your children to rap. He skipped that whole thing and he went to the slavery part. <laughs> skipped the whole thing. I said, hold up, hold up. I told him, Bobby, but I don't want to go. What did that verse say? He goes, no, don't worry about it. It's okay. In the original Greek, I know it means something else. Go here. And I was like, no, 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 Bobby. And this is at, at the expense of getting smacked in the mouth. But I was going to stand for mine that day on the authority of the word of God. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, Papi, you won't read that verse. He goes, what, 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 what? I promise you, I'm not making this up. What, what's, what, that, what? Don't worry about it. I said, no, it says, it says, children obey your parents. It says, honor your father and your, mo uh, your mother. This is the commandment that God has given us with promise. And look what it says, read it, Papi. Why well, Hispanics, everybody's Papi. Hey, Papi. Because most of us don't have fathers. And I'm not joking. was bad, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> We're just looking, Bobby, who's the top? And my, my father, he skips the whole verse about parents do not stir up your children to wrath. You know why? Because he was he had his doctor's degree on stirring up his children to wrath, alright? Forcing us, forcing us to do things we didn't want to do, forcing the Bible on us, forcing prayer on us. Forcing us to get upset, he would stir his children up to wrath. And you know what I thought about that, that scripture? That that was a literal sense of someone actually skipping a scripture to not heed to the instructions of that scripture. But I also find it ironic because this sometimes is the condition of humanity. Isn't it interesting that sometimes we like more verses than others in the Bible? Right? Like, if we're honest with one another, we would say, there's some scriptures in the Bible that we want to skip over. There's some scriptures in the Bible that we don't want to read, you know? And I think sometimes we pick and choose 
what the Word of God says for our lives, and we only apply the things that we think will benefit us, but we don't apply the fullness of what God wants for us. See, God wants His children to obey His parents, but He also wants parents not to stir up strife. And you can't have one without the other. Amen? Amen? And we cannot pick and choose what God's word for our life is. We want the whole thing. Everybody say the whole thing. Oh. You know what I mean? It's like me. I love the scripture that says, wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, Any husbands only me alone? Come on, I love that scripture. Wives, submit to your husbands. Your body is not yours. It belongs to your husband. Hallelujah. We can have a church right there. <laughs> But it also says, husband, love your wives. And I wish it finished there. Oh my God, I wish it finished right there. But it doesn't. You know what it says? Husband, loves your, love your wives the way Christ, Christ loves the church. Santo Dios. I'm not Catholic, but I'll say the Hail Mary right there. That's the fact. Santo Dios de la Gloria. Husband, love your wives the way. I just, oh gosh, I just wish. You know, sometimes I could skip over that one, right? And that's my message because I think sometimes we kind of pick and choose the messages we want God to speak to us. And we pick and choose certain things in the Bible to apply for us and some of them not to apply for us. And certain ver verses that God wants to share with us and some things that he does. But there are some principles in this word that are meant to change your life. And you cannot pick and choose every little thing you want. But you need to have the fullness of what God has for you. The Bible says that all scripture is God breathed and it is profitable for reproach. It is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable, get this word, correction. It is profitable for training in righteousness. Not some scripture, not partial scripture. Everybody say it. All scripture is God breathed. But what am I saying? I'm saying that sometimes we begin to disconnect the person of Jesus from the principle of Jesus. And many times we cannot. There is a distinction between the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. Now they are, they are, they are, they cannot be one without the other, but there's a distinction. Because here's the deal, the person of Jesus will prepare you for heaven, but the principles of Jesus will prepare you for earth. Are you hearing me? See, many times we, we place our faith in the person of Jesus. And I want to let you know right here, even if you're here for the first time at Christ Uncensored, we want to welcome you here. We love that you're here. We like to say welcome home here at Christ Uncensored. And let me tell you, if you in a moment, in a moment, in a moment, you place your faith in the person of Jesus Christ, man, you are ready to go in a billion dollar jet to heaven. You are ready. You are prepared for heaven. But guess what? If you ever want to see heaven come to earth, you got to learn how to place your faith in the principles yes. of Jesus. Yes. See, there is a there is no separation between the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus, but there is a distinction because Jesus prepares me to heaven, but His principles prepare me for earth. Jesus uh, allows me to get to heaven, but His principles allow heaven to come to earth. How many want to see heaven come to earth? Amen. I learned this a long time ago. There are plenty of people, plenty of us. See, we thought sending people to hell was, was a good tool. That's not a good tool. Sending people to hell, in this day and age, no one's scared of hell. Let's be honest. But the tool is, it's not, we thought uh, putting your faith in Jesus was simply fire insurance. 
But the reason that you follow Jesus is not for fire insurance. Can you imagine that the only reason I love my wife is to get back at my ex? Not that I have my ex because I'm a born again, and I'm born again, and she was the first one since I've been born again. Anyway. <laughs> Could you imagine that? And that's what, so we say, no. When you place your faith in Jesus, when you place your trust in Jesus, he prepares you for heaven. But he says, I leave behind the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. You want to bring heaven to earth? Man, start applying the principles of God in this word for your life. If you believe that, give God some praise in the house. And so, I say that because one of the principles that we see through the narrative of the scripture is this principle of honor. Everybody shout the principle of honor. See, the principle of honor, oftentimes, is easily recognized, but not so easily defined. Can I teach real quick? Can I teach? I know I love preaching. I know I get excited. I may not be able to teach, but I'm going to try. I know we don't like that word, but we're going to, we're going to teach. How about that? See, you can, you can, uh, uh, when it comes to honor, it's one of those things, like, you can't really put your finger on it, but you can kind of recognize it. Uh, honor is like, we learn as children how to obey. We learned how to, uh, as children, how to be polite. But we didn't really learn how to honor. Because it's one of those things, it's like this elusive, intangible quality that we can't really put our finger on it, but we can definitely recognize it. And so in my efforts to teach today, I've realized that honor is one of those things that is more easily caught than taught. So my prayer today is not that you will begin to learn and discover intellectually what honor is, but that you will, not, not, not as I teach, but that you catch in your heart what honor is. Are you hearing me, Kuha? Amen? Amen? And so the word honor in the Greek means worth or value. But it's meant worth or value or reverence. Everybody shout reverence. 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 It's actually meant in the literal sense. It actually means... You are worth something to me. You are important. It means in the original language, I am ascribing worth to you. I'm ascribing worth to you. I am, I am putting value, I'm putting value on you in my life. It means to say that you are important to me. Not only that, but you are important to what God is trying to do in my life. Someone shout honor. It is to say that honor is I am valuing someone, I, someone that is important. I can, check this out, I can receive from you. I honor you, therefore I can receive from you. I want to be honest with you, you cannot receive from someone you cannot honor. Are you hearing? And so in this day and age, I want to read this, our honor statement as a church. Check this out, I, I, I love what it says, this is in our website as well. It says, we are willingly we willingly choose to submit to each other and to those God has placed as leaders and mentors and pastors in our lives. We express honor in words and in action. We believe we are honoring God by honoring our spiritual authority. And uh, the reference there is uh, 1 Timothy. It says, let elders who rule well be considered worthy of what? double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and in teaching. And I want to say this, it's not only those that are laboring in preaching and teaching. Let me tell you, there are people that God has placed in our life that are worth us honoring. 
Are you hearing me, church? There are people that God has placed in our circle so that we can honor and ascribe worth to them. We live in a culture, let's be honest, we live in a culture that doesn't even know the beginning of honor. Like you begin to say, like, hey, hey, you should honor him. Huh? What's that? Honor? What do you mean? Obey him? Um, um, uh, listen to what, he, uh, what, what does it mean? See, that's the, the thing about honor. Honor is one of those things that you can't define it completely. It's, all right, well, what does that mean describing word? You see, honor comes in a tone of voice. Honor comes in the way you look at someone. Because, you know, you can obey someone and still not honor them in your heart. You could listen to someone and still not honor them in your heart. You can be polite to someone, hello, and not honor them in your heart. You know what I mean? And so we live in this in this culture. And here's, here's my concern. My concern is that as we cultivate a culture of dishonor, we begin to mix the world system. You know how oftentimes the Bible says the world? And we look at the world and we, we think world, we think people. But oftentimes the original language, when the Bible uses the word world, it actually means world system. There is a system that's counter culture, uh, that is counterculture to the kingdom culture. So it's the world system, and a lot of times we allow the world system to become our system, and we begin to inject uh, world principles into the principles of the kingdom. And it just doesn't work that way. It's trying to like use OS with Windows. It just doesn't work, function together. You know what I mean? And so uh, when it comes to honor, my concern is that we create a culture of dishonor and not realize it, because our honor becomes so foreign that we can't even recognize dishonor because dishonor has become the norm. So we live in this lifestyle of dishonor and not really recognize that it's dishonor. And so dishonor will not stop until we begin to recognize what dishonor is and to be able to now employ the principles of honor and ascribe worth to people that God has placed in front of us. Are you hearing me? There's actually this, there's, <laughs> this crazy story. And, and it goes to show the, the, the tenacity of the human, uh, the human body. There's a story where a, a husband is trying to get rid of his wife. We don't call them that here at the church, right? And, 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 I, and I remember, it's one of those shows on True TV, all right? Late night shows. You know what I'm talking about, Forensic Files or something like that. And I love those shows, right? I actually did jury duty for three weeks, and I just became fascinated with, with uh, Forensic Files and all that stuff. And check this out. A husband was actually trying to kill his wife so that he can get her inheritance, so he can get the money that she was leaving behind, right? And he begins to poison her slowly. So he begins to take rat poison and put it, don't get no ideas here, all right, guys? You guys are looking at me like, you guys got way too quiet for me. It's just like, oh, that's what I need to do. <laughs> he begins to put rat poison in his wife's soup. And so she began to get, now watch this, he was poisoning her for an entire year, and she still did not die. You know why? Because she became accustomed to the poison. See, I wonder sometimes we are living our life accustomed to the poison that has been placed in our lives. And so we, we're just living life, and we don't know that the poison is killing us slowly. And that's how the enemy works. He doesn't work. Boom! The Bible says that he seeks. You know what that means? I mean, he's looking for. He's going to come in over here and planazo. For those that language, I tell you, my upbringing. He doesn't come and sneaks the poison. And sometimes that's how dishonor works because with one dishonor to one dishonor, 
we never actually cultivate a culture of honoring one another. And so in the Bible, oh, where, where, where's our leadership here for a second? You know what's another thing that we've lost? The world has lost? The, check this out, the ability to disagree. Have you not realized that? That this country has lost, hear me, are you watching here at home? I'm about to prophesy. This country has lost its ability to disagree with one another. You know why? Because we have no clue what honoring is. And every time you're like, oh, they don't deserve our honor. God didn't call us to give honor simply to those that were, are deserving honor. You know why? Because I'm not going to let your conduct change the way I conduct myself. Amen. Are you hearing me? I'm going to honor you despite what you say about me, despite what you do, despite you agree with me. Where's, my, where's my leadership worker? Come, Joey. Come. Come, Lisa. Uh, Mayne. Come. Uh, John. Where you at? Come. Uh, huh? Frank, come. Uh, Jenny, come. Danny, come. Frank, come. Let's hold hands real quick. You see this team right here? Every single person here in this church serves. I mean, every single person here, right here, serves. Now, look at our faces. Do you think that we always agree? <laughs> Do you think that I always agree with charm? Do you think I always agree with Joey? Pastor Joey? I always agree with Maylene. Everything she says is right. I'm just... I'm fearful for my life. I'm blaming Thomas, guys. We are constantly in the back disagreeing with things. Behind closed doors, we are disagreeing on things. It's okay to disagree. Are you hearing me, Kuha? It's okay to disagree. You don't, just because you disagree doesn't mean that you have to propagate hatred. Just because you disagree doesn't mean that you have to get violent. It's not like John can take me anyway. But it doesn't mean... <laughs> Just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean that you cannot see the value in them. Just because I disagree with John doesn't mean that I cannot see the value in a scribe worth to his life. We are constantly in disagreement. But we also know that God has placed us in our life for a reason. God has placed Maylene in my life for a reason. God has placed John in my life, my life, and his life for a reason. Guess what? We might disagree, but when we walk out those doors, we walk out with one voice, with integrity. Like if we never disagreed in the first place, because we honor one another. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hold tight. I might use you guys again. <laughs> Honor. See, oftentimes uh, we can define something or make something more clear by clearly stating what is not. And so, what we hear here, watch this, watch this. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left the part of the country. 
and he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. And when he taught there in the synagogue, watch this, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to, to do miracles? And he scoffed and he, he's just a carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mother, and his it would be bad enough. But here, this is how bad it gets. Jesus actually wanted to do more in his hometown to the people that he was raised with, but he was limited because he was dishonored. There was no honor there. And I want to talk to you about this one thing. Number one, the th I want to give you just three. There's many hindrances to honor. But at Christ Uncensored, we want to be a culture. We want to be a church that cultivates honor. That we're constantly looking to cultivate honor. Number one thing that hinders honor is, as we see in this text, is familiarity. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It's familiarity. And uh, what, what I've realized is that many times, watch this. We begin to demote people from the place of honor that God has called them to fill in our lives. There are people that God has placed in your life, and many times, because of familiarity, we've allowed that to get in the way, and we've made a relationship, hear me, more personal than it is purposeful. to get to your life and he's going to use people to get there and many times we demote those people that God has placed in our lives from the place of honor that they deserve in our yes. lives we demote them and so guess what uh, Joey come help me help me it's Pastor Joey everybody say hi Pastor Joey hi Pastor Joey we're getting this on film again hi Pastor Joey hi, Pastor. see if, if I just see Joey can we put that scripture up real quick No, Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. Look at this. Look at this. Watch this. Catch this. Catch this. Then uh, the, the one who receives a prophet, listen to this, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a, a righteous person's reward. What is he saying? He says, many times, God has sent a prophet in your life, and you've just seen him as a homie. Wow. Wow. See, God is trying to unlock a blessing in your life, and he uses it through the key of honor. And many times, if I just look at Joey as my buddy, that's just Joey, you know Joey, you know the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> Menza, Menza. <laughs> that's just Joey. Yeah, that's just Joey. You know, he's that. You know, he's the guy that just gets up and do it, does announcement. No. God has placed him as one of the shepherds in this house to unlock blessing in your life. And the person that God is trying to use is through the prophetic anointing or through the pastoral anointing or through the evangelistic anointing or through a righteous person's But you cannot receive a righteous person's reward. You can receive the reward based upon the level of honor you're giving them. So if I just honor them as my boy, I'm going to receive a boy's reward. Mm. <laughs> See, there are mentors in our life that we have demoted because of familiarity. There are mentors that God has placed in our life and we have demoted them. But God is looking to use them as the vehicle in which he unlocks blessing over your life. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. He's, he says he could not do miracles in that place. Why? Because they only saw him as a carpenter's son. 
You know what? You know what kind of reward they got? A carpenter's reward. Because they received them in the name of familiarity. And sometimes in the name of familiarity, at the expense of our influence and our impact, we call it intimacy, but sometimes intimacy can get in the way of impact. Sometimes in the way personal can get in the way of purposeful. I love Jesus because he goes, now I call you friends. Now I call you friends. He goes, before I called you servants, now I call you friends. Now watch this. I love that because they, we walked with him for three years in their purpose. And then he says, now I can call you my friend. Because if I trust you in the purpose that we have, I can now acknowledge the privilege that we can obtain because of the purpose we've already established. Are you hearing me? So, so John, come here for a second. Many of you guys know that John is one of the guys that started this church with us. It was just me and he had here at that time. And uh, <laughs> as you can see, what ministry does to you. <laughs> see, John is, is called to be a son in the faith. And he has acknowledged that he, he often calls me as a spiritual father or a ministry father. Right? Guess what? That is the purpose that God has in our life. If I just see him as my boy, then he receives the, word, the reward of his boy. If he just sees me as his homie, then I'm just his homie. And we do ourselves the most disservice by demoting the people that God has used as vehicles of blessing in our lives. Let me tell you, God, or, or you just want to, I'm your homie? I can't, we're just going to kick it and watch football every day. That's not, that's not, see, but, but because we have, we are fulfilling our purpose, I get to call him friend. Amen. Because our purpose is fulfilled, now we can obtain privilege, which is my friend. Sometimes get in the way of cultivating a culture of honor. Number two, I want to tell you what else gets in the way. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 13, it says, They scoffed. He's just a carpenter's son. It says they, they scoffed. The, the message translation puts it this way. But in the next breath, they were cutting him down. Number two, I want you to write this down. Number one, familiarity. Number two, gossip. Uh, can I teach you Spanish real quick? This is called... Ready for this? My Barry White voice. Write this down. You don't just learn spirituality here. We learn language. Everybody say with me. Gossip is one of the greatest hindrances to a culture of honor. It's one of the greatest hindrances. And you know what? Remember that illustration of poison I was talking to you about? We have been so... Gossip has become such the norm that we don't even notice it anymore. You know why? Because we... Let's be honest. We've created really creative ways on gossip. Out of how to gossip. We don't even... No one ever gossips anymore. Right? Because we stopped calling gossip gossip. So we're just talking. That's what we're doing. But I've realized that there are some problems you would have never had. There are some problems we would have never had if we learned how to speak to each other and not speak about each other. And so gossip, you get real spiritual. You get real creative. Remember, I'm telling you, the church has gotten real creative on how to gossip. 
Brother, I just want you to pray for her. Sister. Yeah. And you know how God sometimes it says, it says, and in a moment, what is it? It says, and in the next breath, in one breath, they were complimenting him. And in the next breath, they were cutting him down. That's how God surveys you, know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, did you hear? Sister so-and-so is pregnant. Yeah, oh, isn't that amazing? Awesome. Yeah, but this is like a fourth kid, man. Yeah. You're not the father? You're not the father. He's just worried about not being the father. control everything, but we want to do our best to begin to cultivate a culture that honors one another. We don't speak negative about each other. We don't speak bad about each other. We speak good things. This is, a, this is something that I'm looking at in my own life. There are things that I that have made left unchecked in my own personal life, and I've done it in the name of the kingdom. Oh, brother, we need to we need to pray for sister so-and-so. You know. You know how she do. Let's pray for her. And so in the name of prayer, we have gossip. Because we got real creative. Do they, something, they know something we don't know? It's just like <laughs> right? And so let me, tell you, let me show you how gossip works real quick. Honey, come here. Come here again. How you doing, man? What's your name? Gavin. Gavin, Rolando, good to meet you. Come here for a second. Mm -hmm. Sister Frank, come here for a second. My brother, can you come here for a second? Yeah. Everybody say, what's up, Gabby? What's up, Gabby? It's Frank. This gorgeous thing right here is Lisa. <laughs> Sister Frank came looking like Halle Berry today. <laughs> what's your name, brother? Everybody say, what's up, David? What's up, Can I tell you how gossip works? Can I tell you how gossip works? And this is the, this is the, the, the poison. In, in learning, in, this is the poison in talking about each other and not talking to each other. Right? This is the poison. This is what happens. You heard something. Yo, you saw that? I'm telling you, man. How you saw she was wearing mini skirt in cold weather? You hear that with those heels? <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> you believe that? I come as Yo, did you hear so and so? I don't even know it's true or not. I don't even know it's true. I just heard it. So I'm over here and I'm like, yo. Did you hear about so and so? Yeah, it's crazy. See, Pastor Rosa vegan now. It's crazy. <laughs> What's the pastor doing vegan? I mean, it's crazy. Why do we have so much gel in this here? <laughs> right? You don't even know it's true. Like, it's just, it's just stuff, right? David, come and tell Frank. Yeah, tell Frank. Tell them we're gonna pray though. We're gonna pray about Pastor Rosa, and we're gonna pray about the girl with the three kids and four kids. It's just, it's just. Yeah, it's crazy, right? She got four kids. Do you believe that? You tell me, man. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a demon. What about the four kids? With the girl? Yeah. See that baby mama and all that craziness. Whoa, it's crazy. Yo, that's crazy, right? Tell me, man, right? Here. 
come, Mama. I come. Oh, no, that's not true. No, it's actually not true. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, all right, man. That's, that's cool, you know. That's cool. Yeah, you know what I told you the other day? It's not true. It's not true. She has actually married. She has a great husband and a kid. Yeah. She actually been cheating on me. It's crazy. He goes around, he goes about this way. Right. Go like this. This is the friend Heavy Berry goes to cross. What just happened? What just happened? got corrected. The gossip, no, 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 the gossip was spread. And 95% of the time, it never gets unspread, even though it could have been a lie, it could have been false accusations, it could have been something wrong being said. This is what I learned. Guess what? Gossip dies when it comes into the ears of the wise. Amen. Are you hearing me? Gossip dies when it comes into the ears of the wise. I heard a quote that said, that gossip is a sickness that spreads from mouth to mouth. Are you hearing me? That gossip is the music of the devil. And if you're gossiping, you're just a DJ. Uh, <laughs> so, so what are we saying? Hey, hey, I just want to be a little bit more aware that if I'm looking to cultivate a culture of honor towards one another, that man, a word. That's what happens? Oh, okay. You know what? Me, me and Joey were talking about this yesterday. You know what? Maybe they didn't mean it like that. Well, maybe you know, maybe we don't know that situation. And that's it, it cuts right there because it just entered the ears of the wise, and I refuse to continuously shed the train of gossip through and permeate. Because you know what? Many times it just never gets fixed. And it gets fixed, fixed with that one person, but now the whole culture thinks this the so-and-so got 20. That's a month, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Sometimes, depending on the circumstance. We want to nurture a culture of honor. So I don't want to let these, I don't want to let familiarity get in the way and, and gossip get in the way. I just want to honor one another. And the last one, and we're done here. Write this down. Not just yet, not just yet. Almost done. The third time you can count on The third one is pride. Look what the Bible says. It says, and they scoffed, right? And it says, and they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. The message translation puts it real raw. It says, they got their noses all out of joint. It was somebody like this. <laughs> they got their noses all out of they saw the miracles, they saw the blessing, they saw the words of wisdom coming out of this man's mouth, and they refused to believe in him because instead of ascribing worth to him, they began to see him with eyes of familiarity. Instead of declaring blessings or being uh, grateful, they began to gossip. And instead of humbling themselves and receiving all that Jesus had to do in that region, they said, I refuse. I 
can't, I can't receive from Joey. I can't receive from Fred. What does he know? What does he know? What is, what is Danny? What? And we begin to see people as ordinary. But God calls us to delight in honoring others. You know what, I mean? you know what that means? I'm going to see people as extraordinary. Because I'm going to ascribe worth to them. To them. And you know what I've realized? That when I humble myself, look what Proverbs says. The fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. And humility precedes honor. Proverbs 15, verse 33. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. See, when you honor your leadership, you honor the status of your relationship. But you also raise the status of your position in that relationship. See, many times we wait for somebody. Look what's happening in that day and age. We wait for someone to come from a foreign land. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was being a blessing in other places because that was in his hometown. They saw him as the prophet. They saw him as the Messiah. They saw him. But in his hometown, they didn't see him that way. And many times, the people that got, you can't pick and choose. If you think you pick and choose your friends. You really don't. You just pick and choose the people close enough to you. Right? Let's be honest. If we could pick or choose our friends, I think we'd pick, we'd pick better people sometimes. I'm just saying. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't want Justin Bieber to be my buddy. You know what I mean? Hey, come to my church. This way Emily can get married. No, I'm just <laughs> See, we, right? So we, they, but, but, but we begin... We have to wait for God to say in a foreign voice to declare something that God has been declaring all the time through the people that God has placed in front of you. So we got to hear it from a foreign voice. Why? Because we begin to honor them more than those that God has placed around us. But what if we would honor them the way we would honor the foreign voice? I wonder if it would have the same impact. See, because when I honor you, I elevate your status in my life. And when I honor you by elevating the status you are you have in my life, you begin to elevate the status I that I have. Because I allow you to operate in the gift that God has placed in you for me. There's a quote. I don't know if we have it. Do we have this quote? I just want to do something. I need about Ten volunteers. No, five. I need five. Five volunteers. Five people. Can you run up here? Five people. Run up here. Five. Five. Let's get five people. Here we go. Here we go. We can, we can take. We can get rid of this. Okay. Do we have that? Do we have that passage? Uh, the quote. Wait. Hold on a second. Do we have the quote? John Maxwell quote. Do we have that? It's the last slide. I don't know if I said it. Here we go. Look. Watch this. John Maxwell. Look what John Maxwell says. He says, "Whenever I see my staff." Whenever I see my staff, I put an imaginary 10 on their forehead, of each, uh, on the forehead of each individual. This helps me treat each person like a 10. Have I told you you're a 10 lately? I wonder what it looked like if we began treating our husbands like a 10. I wonder if, what would it look like if we began treating our wives like a 10. Look what he says. He says, I place, this helps me treat each person like a 10. A high performer who makes a difference to me and the organization. Inevitably, they respond as if they are a 10. If you don't 
already do this, why not start today? Pretend on the people you lead and treat them based on their potential, not their performance. You'll be amazed how both begin to rise. Okay, Bear with me, this is no disrespect to any of you guys. This is not the mark of the beast, guys, relax. Handing out blocks and marks. It's the green. It's the green. Sorry. I'm not. Here we go. Right there. What if I would look at the people that God has placed around me as a ten, based upon their potential, not their performance? because maybe my friend here is not performing. <laughs> maybe, maybe my friend right here, my husband, my wife, is not performing at a, at a 10, and they're performing at a 6, and I begin to treat them and dishonor them because based on their performance, they're a 6 and a 5, and I begin to treat my, my brother and my sister like a 6 because that's their performance. But what if I begin to declare things that are not as though they were, and I begin to say that, man, I see a 10 in front of me. And guess what? When I begin to declare and honor my friend here, I begin to honor my husband and my wife as a 10, maybe they'll begin to rise to their potential because you begin to honor them in your life. And by honoring, honoring them in your life, they become a blessing that God has meant for your life in the first place. I'm tired of looking at people based upon their performance. What if we cultivated a church that looked at people as nothing but tens? Jane, you're a ten. Ellie girl, you're a ten. <laughs> I know I can sing a little bit better than you, but you're still a 10, okay? Frank, that boy's a 10. I think he's that boy's a 100. Put two stickers on him. Right? Like what if we began to see the ordinary people that we honor in our lives as extraordinary and not based upon their performance, but based upon the potential God has placed in them? Look at the person next to you. Tell them, are you a 10? Have I told you you're a 10 lately? Tell them, have, you, have I told you you're a 10 lately? Thank you guys, thank you. I don't know if you're... Can I ask the worship team to come up? We're done. If you're here in this place, God is speaking to you. Let me tell you, I, there are losses in my life, and it was because of dishonor. See, because honor is the key to access. See, honor is the key to unlock some of the things that God wants to do in your life. See, you will go to heaven when you place your faith in Jesus, but if you want heaven to come down to earth, you got to place your faith in his principles too. I don't want to embrace, I don't want to embrace the system of this world. The system of the world says, you look at me funny, I'll look at you funny. You treat me with disrespect, I'm going to treat you disrespect. 
I'm not going to let your conduct determine the way I conduct myself. I refuse to give people the remote control of me. Maybe we just raise your volume. They can lower your volume. They just control your life. They can control your emotions. They can control the way you respond to them. They can going to begin to honor people until their performance lines up with their potential. There are men of God that God has placed in my life. Let me tell you, there are men of God that God has placed in my life. I promise you. Leaders, pastors, that God has placed in my life and I so did not agree with them. I didn't. I didn't. No time my wife was like, I don't think you should listen to that. And I said, you know, honey, I can never go wrong with honor. I know that I disagree with them, but I'm going to follow their instruction. And I know that if I honor them, God will honor me. And guess what? You're here today. God has honored you. You want to see the proof of it? Because he's elevated your status. See, the Bible says that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. See, he chose to honor you when you weren't so honorable. He chose to come down to lift you up and bring you to a place. And it says we are right now. Right now. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 3. We are right now seated with Christ in heavenly places. In heavenly places because he honored us. Because he honored us. Could bow our heads for a moment? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.